This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Thanks so much for joining us, folks, for sticking with us. Kelly and Romeo with Kelly McDonald and myself as we inch a little bit closer here to the long weekend, but still got a little bit of this show and tomorrow's show coming up before that. Grant Hardy with Kelly McDonald. And folks, as we do on Thursday to get you started, start swinging and thinking towards the weekend. Let's get into it. It's time for the Thursday Roundtable. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually yes. oval. Just say yeah, it. The blind guy feels it now goes, well, I don't know. I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. So here you go, folks. Open conversation. We do this every Thursday. I get to facilitate, and it's a pleasure. It's a lot of fun to handpick a few things to talk about. We welcome back to talk about the subjects that, ah, boy, do we have some fun today on the show. Uh, Mark Phoenix, friend of the show. How are you, pal? How's things out in Newfoundland? The snow kicking out there? Uh, you know, it, it, uh, tapered off, uh, overnight. It just left a meter and a half high drift around our car, which was fun to punch through, but, oh, uh, yeah. fortunately we don't need to go anywhere for a few days. So we're happy just to huddle in here and stay warm. Oh boy. We, 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 now this is, this is as Grant and I started the show talking about old radio show. That's the excuse to sit, but what well, can't go anywhere. Put a few of these shows <laughs> on and listen for hours at a time. Boy. Exactly. Uh, guys, there we go. I love it. I love it. Uh, guys, got a few things to talk about today. Let's start with Canada's actors, directors, and musicians who are sounding the alarm over artificial intelligence, saying it threatens their livelihood and reputations. Groups representing people who work in TV, movies, and music testifying before the House of Commons Industry Committee today called on the Liberal government to protect their industries in its AI legislation. Actors Union ACTRA says unbridled use of AI could result in people's names and images being misused in artificially crafted videos. And the Directors Guild of Canada says generative AI like ChatGPT is reproducing extensive amounts of work without permission or compensation. Meanwhile, Music Canada says AI-generated content should be labeled as such so that people can tell the difference. Brenda Molina Navidad, The Canadian Press. So you get to where you start saying on what levels and where first do we care as people. I know we've had several conversations on this program and up and down the network Pertaining, for example, narrators. Can you tell one narrator from another when it comes to an audiobook? We we see the crisis going on with fakes when it comes to music and the concerns there that so many artists have. Um, first, initially, when the Hollywood actors and everybody went on strike, the writers and everyone um, last year, the big issues were, were primarily around the AI and thoughts of, okay, you find a writer's room, put it together, launch a new series. You let them write the episodes for season one. Wow, it's become a success now for season two. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you coming out. Beat it. Don't let the door hit you in the back on your way out. Now let's get AI to write the next 40 episodes. And wow, these are some of the fearful things, Mark, we see coming along. Where do you, Lynn, listening to that, where do you first get the concern? Well, my first concern is if we if the intent is to slowly replace human involvement with just, you know, having a computer generate it, what are people going to do to put food in their 
food in their mouths and a roof over their head. Uh, why? What are we even doing if the intent seems to be to try to replace people at every stage of a creative operation with just seeing whatever a computer can manage to spit out, having mashed up a bunch of content created by humans that it's gone in and remixed and tried to guess, okay, what is this? What is the, uh, you know, what's the client asking me to generate here? Here's, here's the result. Um, there's a human, it sounds kind of, you know, silly and mystical, but there's a human touch to things, which you can kind of detect versus something that a computer has just gone in and tried to generate based on its massive database of archived art and science and text and music and sound. And at this point, it still can't quite match it. It can be interesting. It can certainly be there as a supplemental. Um, but I think the, you know, I think the concerns about AI and large language models being used to replace humans entirely are legitimate because the reasons they're being used to replace humans aren't to make things any easier or better. It's to save money. It's to, you know, avoid having to pay an actual human to do what they do. Instead, we'll just pay, a, you know, somewhat less to a company to use their server farm to generate the same thing. And, you know, never mind the quality, you know, people will buy, you know, the ad space will be sold anyway. The subscriptions will be paid for anyway. We don't need to worry about it. Well, you've come back to the problem of what are all those people who've been rendered redundant and unemployed going to do to feed, clothe, and house themselves and their loved ones? You know, some of the market that I worry the most about is that market for us that's smaller. People doing audio description, people narrating books. That field itself, narrating audiobooks, sure, it's a huge industry now, but a lot of the narrators, this for uh, mainstream people, is new. 10, 15 years old, they've been listening to books narrated by people. But if you can clone their voices, if you can create their voices where you can't even tell, you're not worried about it. Or if you're told, hey, man, there's we can produce x number of audiobooks with narrators physical narrators but we can produce 10 times that a year using ai and you could have that much more field grant out there to choose from it, it's a it's a heck of a battle especially when you know we talk to people who are low vision blind print restricted we love oh man that's a great narrator they've got the nuances some of the things mark mentioned and we all know it's about the timing and and the creativity of what they can do but when you start whipping off ai books that now have multiple readers all the time because we all say boy it's really nice when you get a narrated book with three or four readers i i truly i truly wish i had more positive things to say about ai because it certainly has some benefits in accessibility. It would be beneficial to get quicker just audio description. It would be beneficial to be able to describe pictures. Absolutely. But I do view AI as sort of an existential threat a little bit. And it's a sign that I'm aging because I've never questioned technology before. Like I'm questioning AI. And I just really worry about the same stuff that, that Mark mentioned. Like, are we paying attention to what we're doing? Like we're getting to the point where we could take almost everybody's jobs in the foreseeable future, like realistically, mm -hmm. what are we going to do? Are we thinking about the ethics? It, it drives me absolutely bonkers to visit, you know, Facebook or a forum or something and see people just pasting scripts from AI instead of writing content. I feel the same way about music, books, et cetera. And especially because Kelly, the AI there's no meaning. It doesn't know what it's saying. It literally is using language, word prediction, and 
you know, just writing content that sounds nice, but it's not like it actually knows what the content means like you and I do. No, no. And you get those feelings, guys. Um, you think back to all your science fiction stuff, whether it's Ray Bradbury stuff or, 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 or others today, that everything preaches the whole, there's no emotion, no feel that Mark was talking about. Not to mention, you think in history, when people have sounded the alarm, hey, we have to be aware of this thing called electricity. What's it going to do when it comes to the gas industry, the dangers of it, whatever it might be as inventions and things started to come to be, there were all these alarms and there are times you stop and say, yeah, it would have been interesting if someone did kind of take note of that and slow down like we see with, with uh, you know, uh, whether it's electric vehicles or, or driverless vehicles. Guys, I'm going to move on to our next item here, which is a treasure trove of Elton John's possessions are up for auction, folks. It's a little bit funny. They're from his Atlanta home where he moved in the 70s, wrote music, and really became a collector. It doesn't have to cost $100,000. It can cost $5. I have an eclectic taste, and that's what my apartment was in Atlanta. It was my man cave full of things <laughs> I just loved. Mementos from everywhere in the world and things that I got up every day, and they all gave me inspiration. Everything from a grand piano to platform boots to a Rolls Royce and artwork. 900 pieces in all, Christie says... Sales start at $100 and skyrocket from there. Julie Walker, New York. It's amazing because you'd hear years ago, not many, that many years ago, about Elton John Grant bankrupting himself because he loved to spend money, loved to buy stuff for people, and we're hearing some of the things that he obviously liked to spend his money on for his man cave. Yeah, I mean, that's just really genuine. And dare I say, that's why I'm glad to have someone like Elton John in history instead of some computer. But that's just the <laughs> thing is we get to know so much about, you know, people's personalities, their eccentricities. Like, that sounds really, you know, fun. And I'd love to read more about his uh, his possessions. And it sounds like, you know, there there is a lot more than just wealth and money and wanting to possess things that were the the motivators it was more just like hey these are the things i i love and i'd love to share them with all of you as well i couldn't afford it but i love the rolls royce mark <laughs> <laughs> don't we all love the rolls royce oh i like i kind of like grant would be kind of interested in hearing some of the stories behind why he acquired some of these items, like some of the clothes that were just shown, um, you know, the Rolls, the Rolls Royce, it's obvious it's a Rolls Royce, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you know, like you've collected so many things over years, you, you got a whole history of a person in this one house and you know, it would almost be kind of neat to have someone kind of go through and interview him about some of this stuff and ask, why'd you get this? Why'd you put this on your mantle? Uh, you know, did you really want to give this up? Uh, that this, that, and the other thing, you know, there's, it's a whole bio, it's a whole biography. And I think you know, right? we mm -hmm. think, my gosh, how could you, this guy's got so much money. How could he even remember most of this stuff or whatever? But you definitely <laughs> heard in that him discussing the things he liked in that house. That's where mm -hmm. he could go and put on those darn boots and stuff like that uh, and have that seventies feel where things were happening so much for him. But this is a musician that over the years has had the means been able to travel, pick up whatever he might want or have it ordered and shipped to his home in Atlanta or whichever one of his homes. But to say this is the specific house where all these cool things settled down. Um, yeah, I don't know. I sit there and I tease about the Rolls Royce. But like you said, Mark, those stories, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And he's just one musician. Imagine yeah. all these musicians and actors and other artists who have these mm. 
homes, you know, full of tchotchkes and things they've collected over the years. And at some point, you know, they're going to be auctioned off or sold off or distributed. And it's not too often that, you know, people are going to get a look, this kind of glimpse into the life and the tastes and the interests of a celebrity, you know, that's not filtered through entertainment programs and websites and layers of public relations and that kind of thing. So, you know, it's a, it's a neat thing to kind of see these uh, auctions happen. Grant, sounds like he would describe and tell the stories. You heard the passion in his voice. Absolutely. And isn't that cool, like, to get a little bit of a glimpse in uh, a person where, like I said, it sounds like it's it's not even, you know, like he said, it's not about buying something incredibly expensive. It could be five or ten bucks, but it's about sort of the story and uh, the passion uh, behind it. And I actually love this this age that we're in where we're getting to know a lot more about celebrities. We're seeing them on on the socials. You know, we're able to kind of get some photos of some more intimate moments of them looking at their stuff or in their house or doing what they do. And that's great. Like it's great to go beyond the music and really get to know somebody. Yeah. It really humanizes them. Uh, guys, I'm going to stick a little bit with collection history here with this one to some degree. Shipwreck hunters have discovered a merchant ship that sank in Lake Superior in 1940 during a story off Michigan's upper peninsula that took its captain down with it. It's a little bit funny. They're from his Atlanta home where he moved in the 70s, wrote music, and really became a collector. It doesn't have to cost $100,000. It can cost $5. I have an eclectic taste, and that's what my apartment was in Atlanta. It was my man cave for the things I just loved. Mementos from everywhere in the yep. world. Guys, we, we actually need I the got next up clip. every day, yeah. and they <laughs> all clip, gave please. me Elton John like shit. Here. There we go. Yeah. Okay, guys, we'll get that for you in a sec. So they're just scooping it up there. So we'll get that one. Um, I mean, it's hard to move on from Elton John, right? From Elton John. Well, (laughs) has Elton John done a cover of The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald? There we go. That makes you think, right? Right? And you think about these darn great lakes that we've got here and how powerful they are and the stories. You want to talk of stories. Let's take a listen to this, guys, about this shipwreck in Lake Superior. 1940s, this went down. Okay, I'm coming up on something. The bulk carrier Arlington was found in about 650 feet of water off Michigan's Keweenaw Peninsula. I'm at the smokestack, the bottom of it, that was bent over. Now I'm going over the top of it. The Arlington left Port Arthur, Ontario in 1940, oh, fully Arlington, loaded with so wheat and headed to Owen Sound, Ontario, under the command of Captain Frederick Tatey Bug Burke. It began to take on water. All crew made it safely off the ship, except for Burke, who went down with the Arlington. Shipwreck researcher Dan Fountain found the Arlington. He says it's exciting to solve just one more of Lake Superior's many mysteries, adding he hopes this final chapter in her story can provide some measure of closure to the family of Captain Burke. I'm Ed Donahue. Bug Burke. Wow, that's a nickname for you. Mark, I knew when I saw this, this is a Mark one. This is that kind of thing you go away and, geez, I'm going to look this thing up. I haven't heard of this. Because we think, as you pointed out, the Edmund Fitzgerald, which overshadows so many of these shipwrecks, and, and it was Gordon Lightfoot wanting to shed light on so many of these tragedies on the lakes. Absolutely. The Great Lakes are a surprisingly harsh 
sailing environment, sometimes even worse than the open ocean from what I understand, particularly Lake Superior, Lake Michigan and Huron, where you get these just wicked winter storms, these high waves that can crack a ship in two, depending on how they hit and where how the ship yeah. is oriented. The bottom is littered with shipwrecks of, uh, you know, crews that tried to tough it out or just got caught in a squall or a storm that just whipped up. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of bravery to put yourself on, you know, the rolling waves for weeks at a time, you know, hope, you know, you'll probably get to where you're going, but yes, that one time out of a thousand or 10,000 where you get caught just the wrong way. And then, then you become a song and not a nice one. Definitely. Aww. And vicious storms that come out of nowhere, Grant. I remember hearing this in school and getting the descriptions of the Great Lakes and just like, remember it this way. This one's the deepest. This is the largest. This is the longest and flat, you know, the shallowest. Um, really fascinating. Do you like this stuff too, Grant, when you hear these oh stories? Oh my gosh, yeah. It's so amazing to think about what substantial journeys these were for people, not just yes. hopping on a ferry, whatever, but this is a potentially life-altering moment. Wow. Yeah. A lot yeah. to and appreciate I get in that one. Well, I get a kick, too, out of we just don't realize how huge these things are, how much shipping, how they are just so uh, utilized, and even back when, when so much commerce had to move on them. Uh, Mark, as mm -hmm. usual, pal, thank you. Appreciate you being with us for the roundtable. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Mark Phoenix joining us from Newfoundland. Uh, we do this roundtable every week here on the program uh, on Thursdays. All right. Thanks, Kelly. Great stuff. And coming up next, we're going to wrap up our show. Plus, we're going to tell you a little bit about what's coming up on the next edition of Now with Dave Brown. That's next. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.